Hey, welcome to episode 27 of Tangible Takeaways. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to talk about how erosion is annoying. And I'm Tim, and today I'm going to talk about how Amazon is a good model of how our faith grows. All that and more in this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Hey, welcome to episode 27 of Tangible Takeaways. So good to be with you, Tim. Thanks for being on, man. It feels great, man. You know, one of the OGs, it just feels good to be back on. You just keep coming back. I woke up, I was like, all right. We're doing this. Another, yet another tangible another takeaways. Episode. Yeah. I love it. What are you like? You've been on like four now out of four. 27. Was I one of the originals or yeah. was I the OG? You were like, I think we shot a pilot with you. We never aired it. Yeah. Maybe that's yep, what yep. it was. Yeah. So and maybe we'll we, do the lost episodes yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. That'd be so great. good to have you on as we uh, break down the message from this weekend, which is our second message in our series called knockoffs, which mm-hmm. is just looking at how, um, authentic faith is costly. Like yeah. it should cost us something, which isn't something we think about a lot. I mm-hmm. don't think when we think about our faith. Yeah. So let's just start with kind of the question that knockoffs is getting at, which is just why do we settle for cheaper stuff? If authentic faith with Jesus is costly, then, and we know though that it like, it brings about eternal life. Like it is for our benefit in yeah. every way. Like we intellectually, we understand that. And it's costly. Yeah. Why do we settle for cheaper stuff still in our faith? Yeah, I think it's because all through time, all through the world, it's always been we've settled for second best. I mean, mm. you look at the garden, and that's the whole reason we got into this thing in the first place is because Adam and Eve said, you know what? God's not enough for me. I'm going to go for what I can grab on or go for what I can take and go with it. And that's why they took the fruit. You see that with the Israelites, with the golden calf. You see that with David and Bathsheba. All through the Old Testament, all through the New Testament, you see humanity settling for second best. And I think a lot of that has to do with what you just said. Like, I think of it like the best, I'm trying to think, the best pieces of music you can make are the ones that take the longest. Mm. They're not the ones that just come right off the bat. They're the ones that you sit there, you think through the lyrics, you think through the music. And it's the one that takes you a year to work through, mm. but it's going to be the one that yields you the best for if you're just playing, you know, four chords or something like that and coming up with just these cheesy lines. Yeah, it's going to get you a song, but it's not going to be your best song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like, like we intellectually understand that Jeff Bezos doesn't get super rich by like just phoning it in. Yeah. Right. Like the guy didn't have a life for years yeah. and that's why he's as rich as he is, right? Which is like, whatever, we're not trying to become rich, but is an example for us that we understand that like, there is a cost of time and effort Mm -hmm. and energy and even the way that you live your life to achieve success in anything in life. And so our faith is no different, right? Yeah, I think of Bezos because I was around when Amazon first started. Mm. And I remember my parents logging on back then as dial up, so they log on to AOL or whatnot. They're like, oh, there's this new thing, Amazon. And we're like, what's Amazon? And they're like, oh, it's this place you buy stuff. And I'm like thinking to myself, why don't I just go to, why don't we go to Walmart? Why don't we go to Target? Like, why are we buying stuff from this online thing? And gosh, I had to have been back in like 96, 98, one of those. And then I remember like hearing about it years later of like, oh yeah, there's this thing called Amazon. I'm like, oh, that's still a thing. And then logging on there and just realizing like, oh man, this dude took this tiny little thing that was nothing at that point and now it's becoming this huge thing. Now he's shooting people up into space. And yeah, so yeah, yeah 
you vet, the more time you vest into something, the better your reward's going to be. And I think the same could be said for your faith as well. Yeah. The more time you invest into your faith, the more time that you build your faith, the more reward it's going to bring you. Not that the rewards are what we should be focusing on, but it's a natural cause and effect as far as that goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you just think about like, when we talk about why do we settle for cheaper stuff, it's like, I mean, you see the parallels, right? You've got these people who work really hard, who their life costs something to achieve what they achieve, like yeah. a Jeff Bezos or whatever. You fill in the blank with these crazy successful CEOs and stuff like that. And then you've got TikTok influencers, mm -hmm. right? And these are people <laughs> who think, they think that they can become as rich as Jeff Bezos. As those guys, yeah. For a, a, a minute long video that yeah. they spent five seconds planning and I, I understand there's money to be made in social media and things yeah. like that, but like only so few of them break through, but yeah. there's this thought behind being an influencer full time yeah. that if I just keep pumping out content, well, then I can generate money and I can be rich like this when it's like, well, this doesn't take any time or effort or energy yeah. the same way that this does. Yeah. But we think, man, if I... If I can do less and still, we we deceive ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. I can do less, but I can still get this. Yeah. And it's like, you you can't though. Yeah. Like that's not how it works. Yeah. And so we see all these parallels and obviously in our faith, we do the same thing. It's right? interesting because I love the phrase. I always tell people, it's my phrase I cling to, work smarter, not harder. And it works really good with yard work and a bunch of other things. Yeah. But when it comes to your faith, when it comes to stuff like that, it's like, no, you need to work hard. It's a combination of, like we talk about, knowledge and then also participating in the divine nature. You have to do both of them. You can't do one without the other. They go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think what we want, if we could have things our way, we would like to have God function within a formula, mm -hmm. right? So that we could, or an algorithm, mm -hmm. right? So that we could kind of play that algorithm and that formula to our benefit, yep. which is what we've always tried to do, right? Yeah. To kind of um, be able to just maximize our time and efficiency with God. So it's like we can spend as little time with him, but get the most out of it as possible. Yeah. And then we can move on with our life and go do other things that we want to do. Yeah. When God has never looked at um, the externals, but the unique thing about God is that he looks at our hearts, yeah, right? So you can, internal. you can spend eight hours with God and none of it can bear any fruit because your heart was never in the right place, mm -hmm. right? Or you can spend three minutes with God, but your heart's in the right place and it could change your life and forever, great, right? Yeah. Like, so there's, there's this internal reality, this posturing of heart that really, that's the cost of authentic faith. When we talk about the cost of like, you know, what it takes for Jeff Bezos to be Jeff Bezos, we can often think like, okay, well then I just need to like, we go super legalistic, right? If I just read my Bible more, and if I spend more time with God than I do on Instagram, then that'll be, that'll yield benefit. But it's like, man, if your heart's not in the right place the whole time, it's not going to yield any benefit. The cost is actually posturing my heart. Yeah. It's slowing down. It's stilling. It's, it's humbling myself. It's realizing I'm not the most important thing in my life. And it's being present with God in right now, yeah. which is so uncomfortable for us because we like to be thinking about our calendars and what's happening this week yeah. and be out ahead so that we don't have to be present right yeah. now. But it's just pausing and being still and being present right now. And that's that's costly. Yeah. And I think that's why you see so many knockoff faiths. You know, you think of Jehovah's Witness, you think of Mormonism. I think that's why all those take off because there is an aspect of working. Oh, if I can just work this, work that, work that, and you have your hands doing and molding and shaping mm. your own faith, 
oh, I can get myself to heaven. Oh, I can get myself closer to God. Or like you said, Christianity, no, it's less of this. There is some of this involved, like we've talked about, Yeah. but it's more of like, you know what? I'm doing complete surrender. I can't mm. do this on my own. I can't live my faith on my own. I have to live in the spirit and surrender myself to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really the cost is the loss of self. It is because yeah. that's the hardest cost to pay. I yeah. remember I was talking a couple Sundays ago when I was preaching and I said, one of the things that I run into every single counseling session, every single conversation I have with someone here at the church, and they're going through some sort of crisis of life, there's always something that they're clinging to. Mm. If it's something that's a self-inflicted crisis, they're always something that they're clinging to. They're holding on to something and not letting go and letting God just take everything. There's always something holding them back. And it's that lack of, we as humans, we love control. Troll is Control is what we want. We mm. want to be in control of our own destiny, our own faith, which is why you're seeing so much deconstructionism going around. You see so much um, new age stuff. I was just talking with one of our pastors here. You know, Wicca is starting to explode here mm. in the United States. And it's because we want to create our own faith. We want to have control of our own faith. Whereas Christianity is saying, no, you don't have control. And that's the key is saying, you know, I don't have control and I'm surrendering my control to you, God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then when we get into, which was kind of like, that was kind of our, our opener, right? It's talking about, this is what God has done for us. And now the cost is that we have to receive it, right? That's the cost is like having to receive it. And then Pastor Brian gets into this week's message where he starts talking about, okay, now this is what we do in response to what God has given us. Mm -hmm. God's given us this great gift in salvation. And now that requires something of us to add to our, and then there's this list, right? Add to your this and this and add to your this and this, right? And it's just add, 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 add. Yeah. And so why is there so much? I mean, God has, he's done the work, right? Like it's done on the cross. Yeah. Why is there then so much that we have to add to our faith? Yeah. The way I always look at it, thinking of that second Peter passage, when it talks about adding this to this. So yeah, it says, add to your faith goodness, then to knowledge and add to knowledge and self-control. And it goes down all this list. Yeah. I give, see us the, that. give us the rest of them. Yeah. So it says, um, add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. So you see that list go down and I don't see each single one of those as like, okay, I'm going to add this. Now I'm going to add this. Now I'm going to add this. No, if you look at it, what Peter's actually doing is he's creating like a, if you do this, this will come. Mm. If you do this, you'll get this. If Mm. you add to this, then you'll get this. So those things naturally come through that. So you see goodness when you add to your faith, goodness and goodness to knowledge and knowledge to self-control, the more knowledge you have, the more self-control you have. The more self-control you have, the more you're able to persevere in your faith. And perseverance then leads to godliness. The more that you persevere, the more that you become like God. Like scriptures say, the closer you get to God, the more you grow in your faith, the more like Jesus you become. Mm. It's the whole purpose of our faith. And then it says godliness to mutual affection, or I think Brian even described it as brotherly love, right? Mm. Loving one another, which then leads to love. And so it can seem like a daunting thing to see that entire list laid in front of us saying like, man, that's going to be really hard. And especially in the culture where we live in, where it's so much focused on the self, 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 and the look how great I am, look how good I am of saying, you know what? It's not about me and I'm going to follow him and I'm going to allow those things to just add on to each other. And again, the more you grow in your faith, 
it goes to knowledge, to self-control, to perseverance, to godliness, and those yeah. things add on. And so it can get discouraging to see that, but what's encouraging to see is that, no, God adds those on to us as we go on yeah. in our faith, as we grow in our faith. And that's the tension point of the whole thing, right? Is how much how much is it me doing the adding and how much is it God doing the adding? Exactly. Right? Because yeah. we've been in moments where we've realized, man, I'm just like sitting, waiting around for God to do something. And he's like, I need you to like move, yeah. right? Like I need you to be an active participant in this. And then there's other times, man, where we're just, we're burning and we're out there and we're trying to accomplish stuff that God hasn't set for us to accomplish yet. So mm-hmm. we're, we're going, 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 yeah. trying to get out, get, get out ahead of God really. Mm-hmm. When it's like, man, we just need to slow down and realize like actually everything that we do is going to be dependent on him showing up. Yeah. And so we we wrestle with that tension. So how much of it is God adding versus us adding? How do we find our role in the, in the whole scene? Yeah, I think a lot of it, the us adding to it, I think there's three big things that we have to do to constantly add to that. It's constantly staying in the word. It's constantly staying in prayer. And it's constantly staying in good fellowship because the way I always look at it, bad company corrupts good morals, I think is what the saying is, right? Yeah. And so if you're surrounding yourself with people who are going to be constantly going against what scripture says, it's going to be harder for you to cling to the things that that says. Mm. And so, yeah. 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 It's kind of the, it's the hard work of, um, of sticking around, mm-hmm. right? Being around God being around God's people, mm-hmm. that takes work and effort in our life. Mm-hmm. And it's not that like every problem will magically go away, yeah. but becoming deeply involved in biblical community, whether it be volunteering at church or getting plugged into a small group or having a regular gathering with believers, even if it's hosting a watch party of a weekend service that's online yeah. right, at your own house, having that regular space where you're interacting with believers, having regular time where you're interacting with God through prayer and um, being shaped by his word, it's kind of like those those river rocks, right? That they become smooth mm-hmm. um, over years and years and years of just being in the water, Yeah, right? Like. They, there's nothing cool that they're going to do other than just be in the water. Mm-hmm. And what's nice about a, for a rock is a rock gets, doesn't really get to decide whether it's in the water or not, right? Yep. So it's just there. Yeah. But for us, we it's kind of that choice to like continue to be in the water, mm-hmm. um, to continue to sit in God's presence, to continue to allow what he's up to in our lives to form us. And obviously that's not, like we said, how we're always looking for a formula, it's not really a formula as much as it is um, surrounding yourself with things that are going to aid in the sanctification process. A lot of times we'll find ourselves so far removed from spiritual disciplines and rhythms and even biblical community Mm -hmm. with fellow believers. And then we're like, why aren't these issues in my life? Why aren't these sin issues being dealt with? Why aren't these issues going away? And it's like, well, I'm just like, never around the thing that has the power to deal with those, yeah, which is you can't Jesus do it on your own. Exactly. If, I'm, if I'm never around him and I just show up for church on a Sunday once a month, right? Like, I don't know what I'm expecting to happen. And yeah. so it's, and like we said, it's not about the externals, right? So it's not about just externally showing up to church, externally showing up to read scripture. Like it's not a checking the box that you read scripture, but it's allowing scripture to form your heart. Mm-hmm. It's allowing prayer to 
be this um, communication from the heart level of what is going on yeah. in you and not just a, you know, another checkbox of something. I had a conversation with God today, but allowing the the pains of my heart, the, the deep things that I'm feeling to be spoken and to take the time to think about what they are, to write them out and then to communicate them to God. That's, yeah. that's hard. Yeah. That's different than just like, Hey God, you doing good today? I'm good too. Here's my check-in. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's different. Yeah. And, and again, with showing up to biblical community, it's not showing up to church and sitting in the back. It's, it's connecting with believers. Yeah. Right. So these are like on a heart level again. Right. So we're not talking about, uh, some formula for outward displays, but this heart level of that's where adding to your faith comes in is when you're continually, it's not that um, you're outwardly like that river rock in the water, but yeah. your heart is like that river rock in the water, yeah. which takes practice of you continuing to open yourself up, continuing to be vulnerable, continuing to allow scripture to offend you, mm-hmm. continuing to have hard conversations in prayer. Um, to have hard conversations with believers, to have disagreements, all those kinds of things. Those mm-hmm. things begin to shape your heart. Yeah. And that everything flows out of your heart. Because the river rock didn't start off smooth. No. It started off rough and it started off with all these things around it. Yeah. But it was with the water beating on it and it pushing it against the other rocks that it became smooth. And so I, even as you're saying river rock, I think of, you know, we go through so much as human beings because we live in a fallen world. And I, always think back to even that song it's called goodness of god saying you know looking back at everything you've done i can see where you were there i can see how you were molding me and shaping me and it's through a lot of those trials and a lot of those craziness that are uncomfortable for us that tend to make us more and more like yeah Mm -hmm. erosion is annoying right like it's annoyingly slow Mm -hmm. um sometimes you can't even see the progress but it's also like annoyingly painful too, yeah. right? Because you're like losing parts of yourself. That's yep. how a rock becomes smooth. Like it's it's losing parts of itself. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, you know, everything's still there. It's like a lot has been lost to be smooth. And I'm saying this, like I understand erosion and rocks. Like yeah, I'm, took a I'm no geologist. Like, like, no. right? But it, like, that's annoying. Like yeah. I'm looking at it from the rocks perspective. Like if I'm just waiting to be smooth, Like that is an annoyingly long process that's gonna take years. And if I'm looking in the mirror as a rock and I'm checking in, I might often be like, dude, I'm making no progress, right? And I think that's how we feel in our faith a lot. We get discouraged because we feel like we're not making any progress because the sanctification erosion of things in our lives is so slow sometimes. And I just encouragement, I think for, for us and for everybody tuning in is like, God is not done. He's He's, not done. He's he's far from done. He's not finished in your life. And like the eroding process is still at work. Mm -hmm. Even if you feel like you haven't seen progress, like maybe that's because you haven't been in the water, right? Like maybe that's a starting point. Mm -hmm. Um, but also maybe it's just that, um, that God is at work, but you, it's so small right now. You can't see it yeah. and that's okay. It's like, a slow thing. Yeah. I was talking to somebody about my wife's grandfather is super wise, godly man. I'm, I think I was actually talking to my wife and I was like, you know, just going through a bit of a rough season, even in our own lives at some point and saying like, man, why is it like, you just look at this individual and he just seems like it's just rock solid. Like nothing could shake that man's faith. Mm. And then I thought about it, I'm like, well, he's been alive, you know, 40 years longer than I have. And then thinking about what you're saying, like he's had all that time through the sanctification process 
Of course he's like that because he has held fast to the truth. He has yeah. been in prayer. He has been at church. He has fully surrendered himself to Christ. And you can clearly see that. He's got to be like somewhere in his late 80s now. And you can clearly see that in that man, that there's nothing that's ever going to shake that man's faith. Yeah. Like you just see that like, okay, that's what I want to. It gives you it's hope. It's so funny. You sound like a kid. That's what I want to be when I yeah. grow up. That's what I want to do. But it gives that's you hope. The, it gives you hope. Yeah. yeah. Saying that, like, yeah. Life is long. I mean, yeah. it's short because it ends in like the blink of an eye, it seems like. But it truly is a long process. And I yeah. think the older we get, the more we're going to be like, oh, and I do think the older we get. And we, we hate get, process as culture, yeah. right? Like as a culture, we just want, I want that we instant want the end gratification, product. right? So, yeah. yeah. So what would you say, tangible takeaways, we've talked about maybe being in some different environments and having your heart be in different environments, mm-hmm. not just physically being at church or in your word or in prayer, but um, but having your heart exposed in all of those spaces. Practically, how do you either maybe open up your heart at church in the word in prayer, or what are some practical ways that you see adding to your faith happen in your own life? Constant prayer constant letting go. It's a constant battle because we wake up and we automatically wake up as selfish people, Hmm. whether we like it or not. Like every single morning I have to wake up. I have to say, okay, I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to take my shower. I'm going to make my coffee and I'm going to sit down. Yes. I want to be on my smartphone. Yes. I want to do this. I want to do that. But I need to set that aside and I need to recognize this isn't about me. This Mm. isn't about what I want. This isn't about the path that I want to take. This is about what God wants me to do and what he wants me to take. And Mm -hmm. so for me personally, one of the things is constantly saying, no, it's not about me. It's about being with God. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Letting go. Yeah. 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 So just kind of, it's that choice to continue to um, put your heart in the proverbial water over it's and over again. It's a constant choice of day, having to right? die to yourself. Yeah. yeah, I always think of this one conversation I have with an individual back at college of we were talking and we were talking about just different personalities and he said, well, I, that's just the way I am. That's who I am as a person. And I remember responding, no, like God has made you a new creation. Like Jesus Mm. has made you a new creation. That person that you're clinging to is the flesh. You're supposed to die to yourself. Scripture says you are to die to the flesh. And that's what we need to constantly do every single day. But we're so prone to going back to what feels comfortable, to what feels natural. Yeah. I even talked about a couple of Sundays. One of the things that we have to watch out for is that we can often confuse God's voice with our own voice because it's comfortable because Mm. it's something we like it's something that's i called it squishy and warm it feels great but a lot of times that voice that feels that way that peace oh yeah i have a piece about that that's your own piece that's the Mm. piece of the flesh that is not the piece of that's not the piece that god brings you and so for me personally it's saying okay i'm gonna let go of everything i'm gonna let it's a cheesy phrase i'm gonna let go and let God, yeah. let God yeah. mold me. Let God you could see it on over. a coffee cup right now. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I should have had it right here. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm even thinking for myself, one of the things I've really had to push into this year is when it comes to being at church mm-hmm. is just to be zealous, um, which is a weird hyper-spiritual word that we find in scripture. Old school Jewish yeah. term. Yeah. But it's, it's just to, it's just to really it's to posture my heart to be excited Mm -hmm. Um, because I think we've all been let down in so many ways by um, 
churches or by church leaders and not even our own in particular, but I, I mean, really every church leader fails us because they're not Jesus, right? They're human. So they're simple we, human beings yeah, still. Yeah. We, we get let down and then we end up being discouraged and we feel like man, maybe none of it's real. And so what I've started to do is just posture my heart to be excited, to assume the best about everybody, that they really are, that the worship leader, when he gets up there, he really is trying his best. And you know what? I bet he spent all week thinking about and preparing for this moment and really posturing people's heart towards worship. Yeah. That the pastor is not trying to um, dissuade me. He's not trying to lead me down a path that won't be helpful for my life, but he is truly seeking deeper formed living. Mm-hmm in my in my own spiritual life and that the people around me are there to to pursue unity and to love each other and to be biblical community instead of just looking around and assuming that everybody's a fraud and everybody's a fake and nobody gets it and i'm just angsty and frustrated i just need to show up and be zealous Mm -hmm. that i am excited to be here yeah and Everybody is here for the right reasons. And I know that's not true, that not everybody is there for the right reasons, but God has called us all together for a reason on that particular day. Mm -hmm. So I need to, when I show up and I'm jaded and I'm anticipating being disappointed or being bummed out or whatever it is, then I just kind of shell up and I I hide away from everyone else instead of just showing up and being excited and yeah. saying, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited for what God's going to do today. I believe he's in the room. I believe he's at work. And I believe that everybody here is doing their best to see him, to know him. And um, that it postures your heart in a different way to experience God corporately and then also to interact with the people around you. Because when you posture your heart to be excited, to be zealous about what's going on, well, now I think you're ready for God to move. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. That's so great. thanks for being on, dude. No problem. My pleasure. Yeah. It's hope you here. had some great tangible takeaways and uh, maybe drop even in the comments some takeaways that you have from this weekend's message. As always, uh, don't forget to like the video and share it with a friend. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways. 